0: This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Thursday, January 23rd, 2020, and my guest is Matthew Moniz. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for being my guest. Um, You made a couple of videos that are very timely because we've had a lot of leaks and rumors. Last week, we talked with my guests about all the leaks and rumors, like Galaxy S20 leaks and rumors. But there's been more P40 Huawei rumors, P40 Pro specifically, and OnePlus rumors, OnePlus 8 Pro specifically. Um, what are you more passionate about right now? What's getting you more tickled?
1: Okay, I, me, me personally, it's going to be OnePlus just because you could actually buy the phone in most places in the world. And that's not like a shot at Huawei. It's just because um, they have Google Play services.
0: No, I um, agree 100%. And actually, I have something to tell the, my listeners and you about. I have a Mate 30 Pro and I have GMS on it. So we'll, we'll get back to that.
1: Okay. But the OnePlus 8 uh, Pro specifically is because um, there's a lot of good rumors coming to the device. Like We hear that they're finally going to bring water resistance which is something that's been missing for a long time.
0: You mean officially? Because I feel like since the 7 Pro, they've had these gaskets on the SIM slots. And I mean, we think it's pretty water resistant already, right? Yeah, we do. And I think like the only
1: two specific phones, they kind of like under the table said these are water resistant. I think it was the 7 Pro and I think it was the one previous to that. But like to have an official IP rating is probably going to make a lot of people happy, especially if they're like playing in the big leagues with other flagship smartphones. They
0: have to have that. I agree 100%. So that's the one thing. What else are you excited about? Wireless charging. I think, I think this is it. I think they're finally going to put wireless
1: charging on the 8 Pro. And you think it's going to be how many watts? Uh, I mean, they, their whole idea of holding off on it was to wait until the technology matured that wireless charging was fast enough to maybe not be as fast enough as their, their warp
0: charge, but I think, I don't know, I think it's going to be at least 10 watts. Yeah, well, that'd be a minimum because I always was on the impression that the reason OnePlus didn't do wireless charging was they waited, like they were waiting for like 20 to 30 watt wireless charging to be pretty prevalent or to have some sort of internal, you know what I mean by internal, like the BBK group, Oppo, Vivo, OnePlus, or rather more Oppo, OnePlus, developing their own, like they did with um, the VOOC stuff for Oppo, which is compatible and identical to to the, the quick charging that, that OnePlus is using, which I never know the name of anymore ever since they changed the name. It used to be Dash, I think, and I don't know what it is now. I think it's just, I think it's warp charge. I think that's what warp? it is. Yeah, yeah Warp. It, it used to be Dash. Now it's Warp. See, I never remember which is which. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Just remember, Dash Charge is, is the reason why they had to change it, because the whole Amazon debacle. I think they had a name that was very similar that's to That's right.
0: Yeah. You nailed it. So I'm thinking they're only going to roll it out this time, because they finally have something like 20 watt, uh, more than a 15, which is kind of the the typical maximum we've seen on on Samsung devices and iPhones, et cetera. The... You remember that um, Huawei has now 27 watt wireless charging on, I think it's 27 on the Mate 30 Pro and proprietary though, I think. And then Xiaomi has been the leader there. I think they have 30 watt and I might be swapping the two here. It might be uh, Huawei has 30 and Xiaomi has 27, but those are the currently king of the hill, as it were.
1: Yeah, but even so, like, you know, for me personally, and I think most people, like, I don't think they'll care if it's 27 watt. I think they just want wireless charging. Like when I go to bed at night, I have a wireless charging stand. I put my phone there. It tells me the time. You know, it's just, it's just convenient. It's so convenient. Yeah. I charge my
0: pixels wirelessly at night and, and the OnePlus has been, I use it as a, I use the five, the 7T Pro 5G McLaren, you know, on T-Mobile here. Yep. And I couldn't wireless charge it at night. It was a big thorn on my side. I didn't really realize how big of a deal it was because I've had pixels for so long. And iPhones, right? So. Yeah. I mean, that's like the only reason I'm... Like, I, I use two phones. Like, most of us tech
1: enthusiasts do. And, like, my Android phone is a Pixel just because the OnePlus doesn't have wireless charging. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's totally. the only reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that—that that, I think that killer combo of the of having an Android phone and an iPhone, right? Like, as a creator, we all—I I mean, I do videos, YouTube, like you. You obviously you have a much you're much more popular than I am, but I'm sure you use your iPhone for B-roll all the time, right?
1: Sometimes, I mean, like if I'm going to rely on a phone for video, it's going to be the iPhone, just
0: right? Because... Like if you're at a trade show or like you're like casually doing something and you want to put it in your video, that's going to be a pretty good go-to, right?
1: Yeah. And on top of that, like even like, so for example, um, I didn't have my camera on me the other time and I was with my videographer and he didn't have the camera on him. We're just like hanging out at at an event. We didn't plan to film or anything, but there was something cool there. So I was like, you know what? You have an iPhone. I have an iPhone. You give me your phone, your your phone to like record as a microphone and then use my iPhone to record me. And it
0: ended up turning out like really good for a phone. You know? I mean, it's surprising and it's getting better all the time. I finally bought an iPhone 11 because, you know, I. I you know, I'm not, usually, I, Apple doesn't give me devices and I'm in a bit of a snob having been a journalist for as long as I have written <laughs> for as many, you know, f- pretty famous publications like Engadget. I just expect people to send me stuff. And so I buy iPhones when it's significant. And of course, the 11 has been a very significant iPhone. I think the 11 family, I should say. And I finally decided to buy the cheapest 11, the, the entry level of 64, because I generally offload stuff off of the device very often and I don't record at 4K. So it's perfect for me. And, and you know, it's it's really changed my life. Like at CS, I was able to make some much higher quality content because of it. Because Android phones in general, I mean, unless you're using Galaxy phone, right. video recording is always a little on the mess side, right? I agree. I mean, like, it's getting better,
1: but I still think there's a, a, a gap between yeah. what the iPhone can do and most Android devices can do. And I think you made the great choice. Like if you're just using it for video and, and, and for
0: floor coverage... Yeah, video and an ultra wide angle photography since my Pixel 4 XL does not have an ultra wide this kind of the best of both worlds right I get for photos I get the telephoto and the super zoom from Google I get yeah. all the awesome good, good, goodness from the Google main camera like including things like night sight and then I still have the awesome main camera from the iPhone that's also really solid. And then I have the ultra wide from the iPhone, which is missing on the Pixel. And then video recording from the iPhone, which, as you know, sucks on the Pixel, right? Exactly. Even like Instagram stories is better on the iPhone, too. Oh, my God. Like posting anything to Instagram from the iPhone. (laughs) It's just so much. I just feel so... It bugs me because, you know... I just grabbed whatever phone is in my pocket, and you know, I usually have a third and a fourth or whatever for for review purposes. I grab whatever phone is in my pocket, and I and I post to Instagram, and then I now I'm like, oh, where's my iPhone? You know, it's just like (laughs) ah, god damn it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to the OnePlus. Yes. Uh, Wireless charging. See, we just did a tangent. It was great. It was a good tangent. Uh, OnePlus. uh, So wireless charging and water resistant. What else do we know? We we know it has a. Hole punch, yes. Uh, left hole front, so no more, no mechanical cameras, which probably will help with the water resistance issue. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, I I
1: know I know from a durability standpoint, it'll make a difference. I know from like a similarity standpoint, if they're like rumored to be releasing three or four devices next year, they they you know they'll probably have like a cohesive design language. But I feel like that was kind of part of the OnePlus character of last year, like having that differential compared to most of the stuff that was out there.
0: So I'm torn because on one hand, I like the no, no distraction, no hole, no notch display. And that's, I think what we're going to lose. And I think it's going to be a tough marketing exercise for them to, to sell this whole punch on to an audience that had before that a fully un. You know, unaffected by any protrusions display. So well, let's see how they market that. Um, I can live with it. I don't mind. I think that the mechanical issues uh, that potentially can arise from having that slice, you know, that pop-up camera are definitely something to be concerned about long term. And we'll see the you know the difficulty in doing a proper water resistance setup with that. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm on board, but I feel like I was expecting more. See, what I was expecting was the eight non-pro and the 8 light to have the whole punch. And really? then I was expecting the 8 Pro to have the under-display camera that Oppo just showed us. Oh, that would be so sweet. That's what we want. That's yeah. what we need. That's if OnePlus wants to be, you know, driving innovation hard like they often have, especially, you know, kind of like singing off like a jazz concert, like a jazz musician does off of their Oppo uh counterpart, they should bring that to to being. And I think we might see that on the 8T series. Yeah, uh, because I don't think it's going to be much longer before we see a, a, an actual non concept that has under display camera at this point. Yeah, I mean, who brought it out first was Xiaomi, right? Like about a year ago. They well, the- they they were they've been concept. The latest concept right. was from I think Oppo and uh, or Vivo back in uh, in like uh, in uh, just after just after uh, we went we all went to uh, to Qualcomm, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So so like early December, and then. And then now, I mean, there's strong rumors that Oppo's Find uh, Find X2 is going to have an under-display camera, and it's going to be launched at MWC. And really? we'll, we'll we'll circle back on that. There's some other uh, Find X2 rumors. Well, I mean, the Find X has always been kind of like the concept phone come to life, right? So this right. is the second gen of it. Remember, the original Find X had that motorized the whole back slid up. You remember yeah, that? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it was totally dope. And at the time, that's two years ago, right? So, right. Uh, so obviously now the time is ripe for an undisplayed camera. I think that's possibly what we're gonna see from Apple. But I would have expected OnePlus to just surprise us with that. But again, they're keeping the cost down. I'm sure the Find X2 is gonna be very expensive. Yeah. I don't know. I mean look, I'm I'm gung-ho, I love OnePlus. And if they can add the two things that are officially missing today, which is wireless charging and water resistance, I'm happy. But I do also want them to improve their cameras. The the 70s so was a big leap forward, the 70 Pro. The Seven Pro as well. The Seven Pro, Seventy, and Seventy Pro were all uh, much better, um, you know, hardware in terms of camera, in terms of imaging. But I felt that it still wasn't competitive with the bigger player in the in the field. Well, I mean, like that's always been the case with OnePlus. Like you know, they they usually. But diff- they eventually knew to catch up. Look, it was a there was a time when the other people weren't that good either. Apple. It took a little while to catch up, but they're caught up now. Oh, absolutely but the camera's always been like their
1: Achilles heel, you know, like it, yeah. it just, it's, it's still not there. I think they need to spend more money and cause I mean,
0: they're using the same sensors. I think it just coming comes down to Software computational photography. Em- yeah, exactly. Implementation, yeah. yeah. I feel that my biggest bummer was the 70 last year for me was my, kind of my favorite because it didn't have, it was smaller in the hand. It didn't have the waterfall, uh, you know, curved edge display and it had, and it, you know, it just was affordable and very high, highly recommendable. And, but the, telephoto didn't have OIS it's like if any of the three lenses have to have OIS more than anything else it's a telephoto like what the hell but the 7 the Pro and the 7 Pro, the Pro ones, had the the, uh, the OIS on the telephone. Right. So I feel like they sometimes cheapen out in the weirdest of ways, you know what I'm saying? I know. Especially if your camera is already a little on the iffy side because your software is not quite up to par. That's not where you save money on hardware, right? Like, I agree. Throw all the, the beans at it and then go for maybe, maybe you can cut the corners somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're doing the whole bunch. So maybe I shouldn't be so harsh. Yeah. I mean, you know what, like,
1: like, I think at the end of the day, as long as we get those features that we talked about, the wireless charging, the water resistance, et cetera, I think people will not care so much about the whole punch. No. How do you feel about the 120 hertz display? So I think it's great that we're pushing the technology forward. I just don't think we need it right now, just especially because of battery technology. I mean, even OnePlus yeah. knows it's going to like drain the battery. Therefore, they're giving you the option to switch between 60, 90, and 120. And let's be honest, like they're not going to stick a 6,000 milliamp battery in this phone. Um, no. This is not a gaming device. So they're going to probably put a 4,000 milliamp battery, maybe 4,100 if we get lucky. And if you were to leave 120 hertz on a QHD display, then it's just going to suck the battery. Like even Samsung knows, like if you leave 120 hertz on QHD, it's just going to kill it. That's why rumored only allow you to use it at full HD.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like, 120 is it's a it's a battle right it's a war right now it's a spec war, and remember that one of uh, OnePlus's biggest market is India. Yep, and specs are super high there. A lot of my That's listeners and actually are, are listening from India. A lot of my YouTube my small YouTube channel I have uh, I say that because yours is so massively awesome. Uh, <laughs> that my small YouTube channel has a lot of audience from. Um, from India as well, and I know that they really care about specs, and I I mean I don't really necessarily agree and understand, but I feel that if that's what your market wants, so I think that's the problem right, I I personally think 90 hertz is good enough, and I would be happy with that and probably I will be running my OnePlus 8 whatever version I have at 90 hertz um because i pegged my pixel 4 at 90 hertz and yes i have maybe a bit of a battery hit but honestly it's so much better pegged at 90 hertz and constantly changing and i see it when it changes it drives me nuts yeah so my 120 i'm not a gamer really on mobile so i don't really care so i i mean i get that you know if you look at a 300 hertz monitor side by side with like a, a 144 hertz or something you see like you can actually see the difference especially on scrolling text like oh for it's sure kind of amazing i didn't think 300 hertz would matter right like, i thought past 150 or so we'd be like whatever you know i know did you, <laughs> did no. you see
1: the 360 hertz demo at ces with that's PCs the monitor? one I'm, actually yeah. i was
0: thinking not 300 360 yet yeah, totally. that was crazy yeah that was yeah. crazy yeah but yeah, crazy like crazy stuff
1: But my guess is they're going to release this phone. They're going to leave it on, let's say 90 right out of the box because, you know, they don't want like the regular consumer to buy it and then have bad battery life. And then if you want to, you know, if you're the more of the enthusiast like we are, you'll go into the menus yourself and change the setting. I think that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I I think a scalable... I wouldn't be surprised that goes scalable at least to you know, no maybe not all the way down to sixty hertz, but like maybe a ninety to one hundred twenty hertz mode, where which would be interesting to see because then you really wouldn't notice too much, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and that begs the question, like if OnePlus is giving you the option, why? Is Sam- well, again, this is all rumor and speculation, but why wouldn't Samsung do something similar? Because I'm sure a lot of people would like to use ninety hertz at least when the setting is on QHD. On the S twenty, th-
0: yeah, I think that Samsung, you know, is a much more mainstream product still to this day, right. and I, and I, I hate to say that because I am not saying Samsung isn't something early adopters and tech savvy folks like our audiences would get. I mean, I think the Samsung phones are always a rock solid recommendation for me, for sure. Um, but I feel like they're more pragmatic about, you know, they kind of learned, I think, in a cue from Apple over the years of not having too many settings. Remember when Touch Wiz had like. A billion adjustability setting. Oh, you want what? What assistant would you like to use today? You know, right? We have we have a you know we have our own crappy Bixby. We have a thing with Amazon. We have Google, of course. It was like a nightmare. People don't want that many choices. So I think that's kind of where they're coming from. Yeah. Somebody at XDA forums will find a way to change that if it's not in the settings, or maybe the developer settings from Android will still have. That option, right? That's true, that's true. And then you just turn on developer settings even on a Samsung phone, boom, there you go. I don't know, it'll be interesting. Um, Speaking of Samsung, uh, I want to bullet point three things that are kind of interesting little rumors. There's some pricing leaks on the S20 that are uh, eye watering of course <laughs> what do you take on that i mean there are rumors so who knows
1: yeah i mean like you know usually it's let me get i didn't see the prices but i heard i did see the headline that they did price it higher um I, i'm taking it with a grain of salt because usually you know the phones always are leaked with higher prices and then they end up being you know a couple hundred bucks cheaper than what they were originally advertised but if phones are going to start becoming expensive again which i highly doubt they can push the prices anymore then i think this year will be another year of great cheaper phones like there's so
0: many great cheap phones that are rumored to be coming out in 2020 I mean, I know that you know Canadian market is very different. You know, I used to live in Canada. I was yep. in Vancouver for, in, in, for many years, and in Toronto for school. So, I I mean, it's just been a long time since I've lived there. So, I don't really know like the ins and outs of the uh, the plans and the pricing. Even though, to be honest with you, I don't keep track too much on the U.S. side either, because I'm one of those people that's pretty been much been married to Team over twenty years now, right? And they haven't disappointed me. So, um. I think the thing about the U.S. market specifically, and maybe you can tell me about what it's like in Canada, but I think that the pricing—the reason we're seeing the prices go up on these flagships, or you know, I, as I said, like eye-watering pricing—is because people buy their phone subsidized, and if it's an extra um, three or four dollars a month to get the bigger phone or whatever or the five G phone, um, they don't care because it's that's the price of a coffee, right? Like they. Right. So I think there is that mentality of. The people are really persistently buying phones through operators and because of that, they can uh, the manufacturers can charge a thousand dollar for a phone. And for those of us like you and me and our audience who prefer to buy to own our terminals, own our devices, we buy them up front and then you know obviously we're gonna gravitate towards that sweet spot of five to six hundred dollar where the one pluses and the oppos and the and the awesomeness lives, right? Right, of course. I
1: mean, Canada is the same idea. Like, that you buy subsidized phones, but the problem is because our dollars significantly higher. Or, I mean, um, so, so, yeah, like inflated. You know, like a subsidized phone. Let's say you want like an iPhone 11 is like five hundred dollars on contract, which is ridiculous, right? Right. So um, there's that. So like, a lot of people will still buy like an iPhone, but they won't buy the most expensive iPhone. They'll just buy like. The, the cheapest iPhone, or they'll wait like six to seven months and buy, uh, get a deal, because usually Samsung products or LG products will
0: come down in price, right? Right. So, what Max Weinbach, who works at XDA, who was my guest last week, is the one who got this information. He's been publishing a lot of really great uh, S20 leaks. So, uh, S20 5G, 900 to 1,000 euros, S20 f- plus 5G. Uh, thousand fifty to eleven hundred euros. and S twenty Ultra five G thirteen hundred euros. Yeah, I definitely think they're they're inflated. I think I think it, I think it's going to be cheaper when it comes. in. I mean, That's my remember feeling. that you can translate that directly to U.S. dollars roughly yeah. because you know euro, even though the euro is is valued more, um, and it's it's the same probably for Canadians. So, I mean, this is still very high, but it's not eye watering anymore if you no. don't do the direct translation. The point is that I just. You know, when you when we started talking about Samsung, I just had to mention that that, <laughs> that there's a couple of other rumors I want to get rid of real quick about Samsung, and one is a 40, uh, 40 megapixel selfie camera. Yep. Uh, on the Ultra, which could be interesting because it could be pixel bin since the main camera uh, the. The other phones, I should say, their front camera is going to be 10 megapixel, the same setup as today, maybe with a faster lens. Right. Um, so this would basically make uh, a pixel binning possible on the front camera on the ultra, which I think, you know, I'm, I'm all for having a front camera that doesn't suck. And right. the poster child for that is the iPhone right now. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I see, like when I saw that video you know, John Morrison did on with the front camera at 60 frames per second 4K. yeah. I was like, holy crap Apple, you are out of control. That is insanely good quality <laughs> from is. a front-facing camera, right? I mean it's it not is. just the photo- videos, it's the photos too. So Yeah. And then we have an, another quick bit of leak since I wanna th- I, I kinda wanna feel feel what you think about this one. Uh, it's again an S20 leak is a physical back of the device leak that shows that basically the, the cosmetics of the camera pod.
1: Yeah, I saw it. I mean, it looks a little bit cleaner than the previous leak that Max Yeah, definitely sent better. Out. That
0: looked kind of ugly, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it looked like it just came out of the the mill factory. Uh, nothing was done and they chiselled it with a couple of pieces of rocks. Like this this looks significantly better. Um I I just I don't think it looks as clean as the the ovens on the iPhone 11 or 11 Pro but right. I think it I think it looks nice. I
0: think it looks I nice. I think so. what I'm very interested about and that's something Max and I didn't talk about last week was that so we talked about the resolution of the cameras but we didn't really know the optical zoomness of zoomness is there such oh, I'm making words up. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 zoom level yeah, optical of uh, the good. actual yeah. real physical optical zoom level and it's supposedly reportedly 10 times on the 48 which explains 108 better right. now because I feel that with that 108 you're going to be able to do two times Uh, digital zoom with very little loss right and because you know how uh, if you've used the p30 pro right from huawei Yeah, of course. You know how having that five times optical, it's a big jump, right, from the one time to the you know to five time, and then below five times, you're using the main sensor, so you're cropping, really, right? You're Uh running into some computational trickery to get the zoom to work between like two times and three times, and two times and three times is a sweet spot. That's where people want to zoom usually, right? Right. So if your optical is ten times now, what do you do from one x to ten x? Right. Like, I think it's going to be a combination of uh, multiple lenses uh combining and creating some computational madness to get us a decent two three and five times zoom but with a 10 time optical in that 48 they can actually go up to 100 times optic um hybrid like 100 times yeah, digital, digital or whatever yeah plus optical it's insane so this has got me excited because even though i'm not sure that's the right solution for the average user right <laughs> i feel like you know somebody had to do a periscope lens that was insane and so no. Yeah, like I
1: think, <laughs> so, I think
0: I think it's cool to have. Like again, I think this is some peop-
1: stuff that most people are not going to use on a daily basis. But I think just knowing that you have it, and let's say like for me, when I use digital zoom, it's usually to get a little bit closer to a board so I can see the text, or if I'm trying to like see a sign very far away and I can't make it out with my own eyes, like in those situations, having that
0: clean zoom is going to make a big difference for sure. So that wraps up our quick bullet pointing of the S twenty leaks because there's on, so many leaks in j- rumors. Just, there's oh, one you have one more. more? Leak.
1: I got one more, which I feel for sure. is the most important. Okay, go on. Okay, S20, I just heard today that they're going to be bringing an AirDrop feature to it. And it's Ooh. going to be very similar to Apple's AirDrop. It's called QuickShare, I believe. Um, one person's already installed on their device, but they couldn't get it working just because obviously it's not activated yet. But if they can mimic AirDrop on a Samsung device, that's going to be, I feel for a
0: lot of people, a b- very big deal. That is a big deal, but it's proprietary, isn't it? Most likely it will be. And if you think about it, like Apple, uh, Huawei have that have had that on their laptops and phones for a while, right? The little NFC sticker thing. Yeah. But it only
1: does like pictures and stuff. Like I want, right. this is going to be like a full airdrop where you can move files, anything you want, which I think is like the next step.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so that, Can you send me the link to that after we're done? Because I'd yeah, love to yeah, add that sure. to the show Definitely. description. For sure. So that's a fourth Galaxy S20 rumor. I think AirDrop is a marvelous thing. And what I really need, what we need really now is universal AirDrop on the Android universe. And, and right now, really technically, we have it with the Files app from Google. Yep. I don't know if you've used it. It probably is not as intuitive as Apple's because Apple's baked in and it just works, right? Exactly. And they did say they're going to update Nearby
1: Sharing, which is Google's thing, to be much better soon. So
0: hopefully that will... I really also be hope so option. because we need something system-wide on this I feel like you know it's like in the early days of like you know all kinds of things were introduced by HTC and, and Samsung that were very valuable features but um, like screen recording and and screen scrolling for having long screenshots and I mean the list goes on and and it wasn't until they made it into the Android r- ROMs like into the Core OS that I felt that they were important right that they really mattered because if it's proprietary man but I mean a lot of Samsung users out there so hey oh tons you know
1: yeah.
0: uh, so we talked about the P forty Pro right um, you made a video. I've been using a Mate Thirty Pro, and I'm delighted with it. I really wish that phone had made it with GMS to the West because, wow! Once you put GMS on it, this thing is a killer. It is fast. The camera is incredible. The best ultra wide I've ever used in my life. Get get this, Matt. What forty megapixel with f over one point eight on the ultra wide? Jeez, you that's crazy. That's it's nuts. like the results are absolutely out. You've never seen a ultra wide with this good, especially in low light. It's just killer. Right. So, you know, none of us are getting this because it's really hard to buy this phone. And if you do buy it, you need to put GMS. The good news is this. The uh, FX, uh, what is it called? Uh, LZ, or so LZ Play hack that was briefly available online for like a day or two back when the May 30 Pro was released is... Still, you can still find it if you dig around on the internet, right? Um, and you don't need their servers to do it anymore. It's it's a local hack, basically. It basically lets it's a it's a backup restore type of hack, okay. and and it seems pretty secure and pretty safe. I haven't had any weird, bizarre side effects uh, with it. And uh, it restores GMS on any phone that Huawei launched since the GMS debacle, right? The, the right. ban. So if that includes the Mate 30 Pro, the Mate 30, the Honor 9X Pro, specifically the Pro, and specifically the Chinese market version, and then a, a couple of other lesser phones uh, that I don't don't have my hands on. So, But my Honor 9X Pro works great with GMS, with the LZ Play hack so back to the p30 uh p40 pro we all love our camera phones i certainly do that's has been my bread and butter for a decade so what, what's your take on the p40 pro you know what it's going to be another
1: phone i wish we had but we can't get you know what i mean like canada has huawei here we were allowed to sell their phones the p30 pro you can go into a carrier and buy it but um they will i know for a fact they won't bring it here unless Google play services are going to be on the device. And I think we're going to be in another situation based on what's happening where we're not, we're not going to have Google play services, but as a device itself, I think it looks gorgeous. It's a beautiful phone. I don't think Huawei is going as crazy as they used to in terms of like updates and new features. But um, I do think it's a nice iterative update to the current P 30 pro that's on the market. They're still doing the same amount of cameras. They're obviously increasing the pixel count in the main sensor. They're going to be bringing in 10 times optical zoom instead of 5, yep. which, which they have on the current one right now. I'm crossing my fingers. We're actually going to get a QHD display this time because that was probably my only complaint about the P30 Pro.
0: And the Mate 30 Pro is only 1080p. It's actually wider because it's got the waterfall display that's crazy waterfalling all the way almost around. And so it's like 1160 pixels wide, but it's it's not a... Quad HD like the Mate 20 Pro was prior. Yeah. Right, and usually I don't care about not
1: having QHD, but I think like if your smartphone is like 6.2 inches and bigger, it needs it, you know? Like you have to have that yeah. option. And I notice it, maybe I'm like delusional or just have really good eyes, but I can tell the difference between a full HD or QHD display on a display that's over six inches. Right. So I'm hoping that's there. Um. And, I'm trying to... and dual hole punch front cameras, right? Yeah, so they're they're adopting a similar style to what Samsung's doing. They're putting on the left hand sti- side instead of the right. So it looks like they're gonna have some sort of ultra wide camera and then like your regular wide camera. Um, how many megapixels is it gonna be? I don't know, is it gonna be crazy like uh, the OPPO Find X2? We'll have to see, but um,
0: I don't know. I, I, I also feel that's kind of like a, a step back, you know, because most manufacturers- I, I feel like they're, Working with Leica and they're pretty well invested on perfecting the RYYB colour signs which as you know they don't have perfected yet because right. the color is a little wonky on the P thirty even after all the updates and the Made thirty Pro has this, have this, has the same issues with the main sensor. So I think that I would love them to see, like, kind of persist on this and and really push it ahead in terms of computational and 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 you know image processing to get it to the point. Because I'm a bit of a believer. I think that if done right, eventually that that RYyb setup will pay off. Uh, but they might say throw in the towel and say it's too difficult and go back to a, a, a normal. Type of sensor, but I think it's clear to me they need to go with some pixel binning, which they're doing on the forty right now. Yep. Um, because everybody's pixel binning and it really pays off, right? So, oh, for sure. Just having all that data, being able to get more light. And nine by nine pixel binning is the next thing, right? Like you know, yeah. when you're looking at uh, and of course sixteen by sixteen. So we're gonna see more on that, like. Like for those of you who are just kind of tuning into this entire madness of 100 megapixel plus sensors, don't look at the megapixel count, look look at how they're binning the pixels because really that's what the that's what the trick is, that's what makes the difference, right? Yeah, cuz if they don't, they
1: you know, 108 megapixels on a sensor it's that gonna size It's
0: going to be noisy as F. Oh, it's going to be garbage. It's, <laughs> it's going to be, be so garbage. it's yeah. going to
1: fall apart, you know, when it's going away from the center, it's you have to bin it. It's just there's no other choice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so what else do we know about the P40 Pro as far as you 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 and you that you mentioned in your video?
1: So, uh there's not much else we know, it's it, the leaks are still very very soft. I mean, the only other thing we know is obviously it's going to come with the Kirin 990, which is in the
0: May 30 Pro right yeah, now. Yeah, it's killer fast, man. Oh, wow. well,
1: it's I've never used to be quite honest, like I've been using Huawei phones since the P9, I believe, and I've never used. A slow Huawei flagship. Like
0: neither have I, and and it's funny to me. Like they're up there with OnePlus. Like you just like after if you're using a Pixel daily, which I'm back to now because yep. I had to return that McLaren OnePlus. It's like you basically feel like you're you're jumping from like um you know a Camry into like a Porsche Boxster. It's like it feels everything feels lighter on its feet and just more agile and just nicer, you know. Well that's the thing, you know, like Huawei makes these chips themselves
1: and it's just the same sort of idea as Apple, like if you're able to create the chip and kind of use whatever operating system you have access to, you're able to do more than like the standard off the shelf parts that other vendors are used to using. And even though like the the P the Kirin 990 or even the previous generation doesn't benchmark higher than a Snapdragon, it's it feels faster. Like it just feels faster unless you're Playing like hardcore games, then I've heard situations where you know the other chips will prevail. But from day to day use, it's it's a solid chip. And yeah,
0: it, yeah, and I think this year the big thing is they're going to tie in five G with the device. Of course, yeah. I mean, they do have a Mate 30 Pro five G as well, and and they have their own modem. But I don't think it does millimeters. Only uh, I believe it's only mid mid low. I could be wrong because we nobody really knows because nobody has access to that technology, right? It's it's proprietary to China, their 5G right, right. Do do, so, do you remember back in the day when the Snapdragon came out with the
1: 810 and it was like yeah. the worst chip uh-huh. in the world? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what phone you bought. I think it was the Nexus 6P at the time. Yeah. And a bunch of other devices. They just would, the battery would die fast. It was poor performance because the chip was poorly made. The only phone at that time besides an iPhone that would run well was the P-Series. I remember like... And they weren't even popular back then.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because Huawei does it like Apple. They're vertically integrated because they have their own Kirin chips and they they can really optimize the crap out of Android on it, right? And you really feel that. And... And and OnePlus does it in a very different way. They're optimizing the crap out of what Qualcomm gives them, right? Exactly. So, but it's interesting to me that Samsung doesn't seem, I mean, they do some optimization, but it doesn't seem to be quite there. And Google, certainly, you'd think that Google, of all people, would be the ones doing some seriously interesting optimization work, but they're not. Yeah. And, and even so, Samsung
1: makes their own chips, like the Exynos. And usually the Exynos, to this day, for the past few years, is benchmarking and running worse than the Snapdragon counterpart.
0: Yeah, I think they just lost the plot. Like you have yeah. to really, you have to start with a pretty clean and good chip to start with, right? The Kirins right. are very competitive and Apple's chips are very competitive, obviously. So what I'm saying is if you start with a very competitive chip, but then you vertically integrate like Apple and Huawei are, you can really in, in, like optimize the living crap out of the whole ty- the whole pipeline, right? And that's right. what we're seeing. And I'm really impressed that OnePlus can pull off considering they don't own the pipeline fully. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, I agree. That those are the folks that I want to like shake hands as an ex-video game developer who was constantly worried about performance. Yeah, so I think this is good, good stuff. I can tell you that the Mate 30 Pro, I've had it since uh, actually just before CS, but I didn't have time to unbox and then use it until after CS. So I've had it for a couple of weeks now in my pocket and it's just delightful. I really am. This makes me more angry about this whole Huawei ban and the whole politics around what's going on because we're missing out on so much innovation and so much wonderful hardware with these products. and. I'm going to continue writing about Huawei and the device and try to get my hands on the devices because I feel like we need to continue. like. The regardless of, like I know that eventually this political BS will go away and everything will be okay. But right now what we can do I feel as media, as journalists, as influencers, as creators, podcasters is really just continue the dialogue, the conversation and keep telling people what we like and don't like about it. Of course what I don't like about the Mate 30 Pro, meh. Well, it doesn't come with GMS out of the box, that's a big <laughs> one. Um but you can add it if you are out there looking and thinking and wanting to buy one, it's very easy right now to Get How are you GMS finding the back? edges? Do you find them like easy to use? So that's use, actually or? interesting. I don't like it. Like I don't like waterfall type display and rounded edges display. But I find that because it's so excessive here, it almost feels ve- it's it's a different vibe than a One Plus Seven Pro or Seventy Pro right. or like a Galaxy because it's almost square. Like it's almost the edges are almost like more abrupt. You know, there's less of that roundness and it makes the phone feel and look square. And it basically gives you that sci-fi look that you don't have edges at all. Okay, that's pretty cool. But then, you know, of course, you see the, you know, the optical issues around the color changing at the edges. And so thankfully, the software doesn't seem to be affected by the edges. Right. Like it just, everything just works fine and yeah. the double tap for volume works great. Um, you get used to it very quickly and it works, so it's nice because you now have a volume slider anywhere. Like you can double tap anywhere on either edge and you have a volume slider appears. And it works perfectly? And then you can slide your finger up and down on that and it's got the best haptics. You know how OnePlus has incredibly good haptics now? Yep. And yep. Apple has always been like the taptic engine, like the king, queen, whatever haptics. And and lately even Samsung's on in the game and you know, for the last two or three generation, pixels have been pretty great at yeah. haptics too. Imagine this multiplied by ten. Like wow. you can literally feel like it feels when I'm sliding the volume slider. That I'm like, it's kind of like you know when you change the the scrollers in an iPhone. It's like like you can feel it in your fingers. Amazing. That's awesome. It's really really tight. So like I know it's expensive hardware. You expect that from May Thirty Pro. But things I don't like either. I don't know. There's a there's a few things like having a notch. I mean, it has a full time of flight sensor array up there basically what the pixel 4xl has and it takes a lot less space basically what the iphone has and it takes about the same space as the iphone maybe a little thinner not as tall so i like that the notch is small but it's still enough of a notch that you kind of like feels a little antiquated you know what i'm saying yeah and i also love that
1: huawei takes like all their risks with the mate series because like that's more of their technical device so they'll do like the crazy water drops and and all that stuff and then they'll refine (laughs) it And, and create something maybe like a generation in terms of design behind with the p-series but at least it's kind of like clean and minimalistic
0: compared to the mate series so you yeah, have best of both worlds totally and i like that uh i like that they're you know taking risks they're, that their software is also getting better um this version this this android 10 on this is the okay. best EMUI i've used yet it's not in your the notifications feel normal now right Right, that's you what, know that's a big one that's been left over from oh, for a while now on on absolutely like when
1: i played with the mate 30 pro i was still on nine because it was last year but um my question to you is like how is the, the the skin is it like still very like iphone-esque kind of like i don't know i always found huawei's themes it to... feels
0: more androidy to me like it's okay, still good. it's still it's still you you know for sure you're an emui right but you don't want to throw the phone against the wall as much as you used
1: to <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good thing
0: like it does feel and look better and the experience right. is definitely less there's less of these weird notifications popping up saying this app running in the background like all that stuff seems to be much more toned down right and it just makes it for better quality of life overall so far um so i mean overall as i said it's it's a pretty solid thing i like the industrial design the back that round camera pod with the like weird glass accent around it yep um no just it's just lovely i mean uh you know, I think Huawei has been making some killer hardware for a while now, and this just continues that trend. So I'm really excited about the P40 and P40 Pro. Mm-hmm. And I, I will link your videos uh, on the OnePlus 8, One 8 Pro and the P40 Pro, of course, in the show notes. So, oh, folks, thank you so if you're much. listening to this, go to the show notes, right? And just click on these links and watch the stuff. Um. Yeah, there'll probably be the first couple of links. Uh, let's see. Speaking of uh, rumors, we have so much. So if we talked so about much. OnePlus. We talked about the Huawei stuff. Oh, there's another quick Huawei uh, rumor, and it's that the it, there is a. Uh, there is supposedly a, a new Mate X version. So you know the Mate X, the folding phone? Yep. Uh, that we can't get. It's like, it's called the, so this new version is like an improved Mate X. It's basically the same Mate X chassis, but improved with better processor and stuff. Probably right. a Kirin 990. It's called the Mate XS. With a small S, um, <laughs> and and that's supposed to come to China at some point, probably for MWC. Uh, again, this is complete like forbidden fruit for us, right? Like, right. You know, it's interesting to me. What do you was your what's your take on this, Matt? Because you are a pretty high up there YouTube creator, and you're not in the US. Um, I am surprised that none of the UK and Canadian uh, heavy hitter YouTube creators haven't somehow bought and made S yet a Mate X yet and just reviewed
1: it. I think it's, you know what, I haven't looked into myself. Like I know I can easily get a Mate 30 Pro if I wanted to buy, et cetera. But I find that their foldable phones are much tougher to get and
0: they're just really expensive. But, well, that's probably the problem, right? Like, two, yeah, do you want to drop two and a half grand on this thing to just do it one video? Yeah. And then, like, the mm-hmm. video—let's say the video doesn't do well and you
1: get like five views. It's like, oh wait, I just wasted <laughs> all that money. You're not gonna get
0: five views, Matt. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> hey, you never know with the algorithm. It has its oh, days. Damn but, the algorithm, right? I know exactly. But, I mean, yeah, you know, like, I, I'm surprised that I haven't seen more reviews of it. I've seen, like, a couple of uh, Middle Eastern reviewers do, like, a hands-on because they have access to it from reps in that region. But, th- see, this is the thing. Like, the Canadian region, like, the Canadian Huawei uh, marketing team is actually based out of Europe. Like, in, I think it's actually in Poland. Oh. So, which is weird. And they handle, like, you know, UK. Well, all you
0: know th- that technically our devices are handled by Grayling in the UK, in the US right now.
1: Yeah, oh
0: really, okay. (laughs) Which means we get nothing, because they're like, we're not gonna ship stuff to the US, go away.
1: Yeah, why would they, right? And they're not gonna ship it to Canada because they're not selling anything but the P30 Pro because it's the only device that has Google Play services. But I think, you know, like, look, they're doing the next logical step. They know Samsung's coming out with the Fold 2. They know it's gonna be more refined. The screen is gonna open and close a little bit easier. They're gonna try to find ways to make the, the plastic a bit more durable. Is this something people should go out and buy right now? It's hard to say because like, I love the way the Mate X or even the new XS is probably going to look, but I'm still not for a foldable display that folds outwards. I just feel like it's, it's, it's an easy, it's a bit weird, right? Yeah. It's an easy target to break, you know? Um, These screens are so thin and so sensitive that you need, you need it to fold inwards. You just have to have it fold inwards right now. Yeah. And I know this is probably going to go off a tangent on this again, but I feel like right now the best way to do a foldable device is to do what Microsoft is doing and just use two screens like the Duo. Yeah,
0: yeah for sure. Although we saw some good stuff at CS and obviously I don't know if you played with the Razer. There's your segue. haha <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I was going to say there's two big pieces of news this week. Uh, I mentioned the the that we had some news as well. And so the the Razer, the Moto Razer is finally coming for pre-order on the 26th of January here in the US and then going to ship to customers on the 6th of February. So, 26th of January, set your clocks. If you're buying a Razer, you plan to buy a Razer, that's the day you want to pre-order. 6th of January is when you'll get it. And, uh, you know, I'm only bringing that up because it's important for people to know and that's really all I have to say, but this ties into what you were saying the the microsoft approach is to not have a fold at all and the right. display you have two displays that are very close and a very little bezel and i think that what moto did with the razor and what we saw lenovo do with that folding 13-inch tablet laptop thing yeah x1 fold CES, yeah thank you Uh, that, that is, it shows that it can be done really well, but the, the Lenovo doesn't close fully, but it has that keyboard that flips in it. But the, the, the Razer shows you how you can make it fold perfectly. Right. And I don't know if you played with the Razer at all, but it's insane in terms of like how they make that happen. Yeah. I've played with the X one fold, but I haven't played with the Razer, but I think like
1: the Razer's probably, if you're going to use that type of display, I think it's like the best way to do it right now. Right.
0: Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the fact that they're baking on my generation, you know, or our generation. Our generation. Yeah, yeah. our generation in terms of nostalgia. Like, how can you, even though, you know, the specs are not the greatest, how can you not get excited for it? You know what I mean? Like...
0: It's. I mean, I'm. I tell you, I went into this uh, thing in LA, this uh, this hands-on experience, this briefing, because I there was a both a briefing and a party kind of like launch event, which, as you right. know from a lot of YouTube creators, was a total mess because it was so dark you couldn't <laughs> film. I heard. So I actually was kind of got myself into the the press briefing or whatever, the media briefing, and that was daytime, so it was okay. The lighting, there was some decent lighting, but I tell you, I went in there going, oh I don't know. Let's see. You know, I'm, I like Moto's. I like what Motos has been doing, but I'm never i just feel that they're always a little off like kind of like google off in their own universe and and not necessarily the right universe you know what i'm saying not necessarily intuitive things and i, I played right. with that thing and i was like wow okay moto what you got you got me now like it's just it's it's not so much what they did matt it's if if you get a chance to play with it it's well, just will. you will feel like it, the mechanicals, the tactility of it is insanely well done. Really? You have never touched a folding device with, this, like, what I mean by that—a folding display device that feels this refined and looks and, and this robust. Like you can literally feel like you can drop kick this thing and nothing bad is gonna happen. Interesting. That's very interesting. And I think the way the the hinge folds where it has a teardrop that kind of like hides itself inside and how the actual edge of the display slides in and out of the, what's it called, the the chin, right? Right, The the actual display slides in and out as you open it and close it. Yeah. See, now I'm excited. You have me excited. I'm hyped. No, it's... I mean, <laughs> the specs are meh and, like, it's too late to the market and all that, but Nostalgia will sell, especially on Verizon in the US, especially... Yeah. If you think people are going to spend $1,500 on their phone, you're sadly mistaken. They're just going to get a plan on with it and it's going to be, like, whatever it is, $50 a month or whatever and it's going to be... They don't care, right? The, this so- is this is a status device. People are gonna to buy totally. this for status. That's totally. what it is. Totally, you know and you mean? know that influencers are gonna love that thing on 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 Instagram and stuff. So, oh yeah, for sure. So that's kind of why I think the Razer is insignificant. Of course, then there's a Z Flip from uh, Samsung i will probably, in terms of specs, steal the steal the the holy grail of right. of the of the attention. But that's that's not coming until after. Right. So this this Mate X S is interesting to me simply because. You know, it's kind of another thing, another one of these phones that we don't know anything about simply because nobody's gotten their hands on it and we probably won't get our hands on it. Yeah,
1: so, I agree, I agree. Uh,
0: but uh, speaking of Huawei, the last bit of rumor, I did not have it in the notes, but I think it's actually interesting. It's just, I'm just going to say it. There's rumors that Huawei will bring a $150 5G phone to market by the end of 2020 or what? early 2021, yeah. That is insane. No, that's not going to apply to us probably, but it's for no. China. And if you think about it, that tells you how way ahead they are. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they're more ahead than Qualcomm, but they're definitely more ahead than a lot of people think of when they think of Huawei. Well, I mean, look at their network infrastructure. I mean, that's why people want to buy their equipment because
1: of its price to performance uh, ratio. Like they're just, they're ahead of Ericsson. They're they're ahead of every other manufacturer who's implementing 5G network infrastructure. And it seems like they're doing the same thing with mobile chips as well. So I'm not surprised that they're going to bring a cheaper, more affordable 5G variant, especially to their market.
0: And speaking of cheaper, more affordable, Qualcomm announced a bunch of chips this week. Yes, they uh, did. That are four G chips, so LT chips. And what's interesting to me about them is the you know that it seems like Qualcomm's reacting to MediaTek eating their lunch in that kind of low to mid range uh, by coming out with very competitively priced chips to kind of like uh, fight back, as it were. The the one that's got me really excited is the uh, is the seven. 20G the 7 series is kind of like this you don't see it on on western phones much and it's very prevalent on the chinese kind of super high end mid range like what i call affordable premium right you want you want to know why though it's because of the G for gaming yeah. yeah. Well, of course, the G4 game is actually the interesting part of that, right? Yeah. But yeah. so the three chips they announced was the 460, who cares? The 662 could be interesting because the yep. 600 series is still used in some uh, pretty significant phones like the G series from Moto, which we should see some new G series uh, probably at MWC at this point. Right. And then, the, the as you know, the Pixel 3a is a 600 series chip. I think this series might switch to that 7.0. 20g and maybe we'll see a a pixel a with 5g uh, with a 765g chip and that's another rumor of i was just going to say that yeah
1: you're right there is a rumor that the pixel 4a i think that rumor is is bs because there's no way they're going to release 5g on their budget lineup before they do on their on their high end i think if anything like if there's going to be a 5g announcement when they announce the 4a they might just announce like a pixel 4xl with a 5g chip or something
0: I don't know I just can't I don't see it. know. I think I think this I, I agree my gut my gut is torn because part of me says you're absolutely dead on. And part of me says we are underestimating how quickly 5G is gonna roll out in the US this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they can hit a certain price point. Like there's also rumors that the Pixel 4 is going up in price a little bit by about 50 bucks. At that point is competing with OnePlus, right? So we're we're at that point, honestly, you're gonna say, well, it doesn't have triple cameras, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but think in Google think, right? When right. Google Think, it's the software that matters. Now, of I personally, having seen the leaks and rumors on the Pixel 4a so far, the, the, the visual leaks and rumors, I love the industrial design way more than what I have with my Pixel 4. And I'm seeing way more than Google's done with anything recently. Yeah. I love that there's an equal bezel all the way around. It reminds me a lot of the iPhone 11, which it would presumably compete with, right? And at that point, it can be seven hundred dollars, almost. For sure. If it has a six, if it has, a, it has. Like, hear me out. If it has a six, seven, sixty five G in there with five G, and costs say six hundred bucks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And looks as it does. Now it's gonna miss on the camera side in terms it doesn't have an ultra wide and a tele, but that might not be a deal breaker for some people. To get the Google experience and get a five G phone. With that Google experience, might be where they go, and they might be wrong, and they might sell no, none of them. But they don't really sell any right now, anyway. No, so it doesn't don't. matter, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, their Pixel Three A outsold their Pixel. Th- at, w- at
1: one point, right? So, I mean, like for example, my dad has a Pixel Three A, and he absolutely loves everybody the phone. has a
0: Pixel A, loves it. Exactly. And I think the Four A, I'm honestly, I honestly, am excited about the Four A because it looks amazing, and I think it's going to be a killer bestseller, especially if they have two versions: right. one with four G running on a seven series, like seven thirty or seven twenty, this new chip, mm-hmm. or or and then have a more expensive five G. Then they they hit both sides of the market because remember, Google's trying to get in bed with the U.S. carriers. Right. And this year is all going to be about 5G. 5G. You can't have a phone without 5G. So maybe the Pixel 4A will have a variant with 5G. Yeah,
1: that's possible. I mean, like, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it, like you said, they're going to have two variants of it you know, like a cheaper one for people who don't care about it and then the more expensive. Correct. The,
0: like, and maybe it's two sizes. The small one has is cheap and has 4G and the big one is yeah. more expensive and has 5G and has all the antennas. And I don't think we're talking about millimeter here. We're just talking about sub-six, like mid-band, right. low-band. But, you know, like, think about this. That phone on Timo, right, would be a killer phone. Subsidized? Oh, yeah. Pixel 4a with 765G or 765 non-G even mm-hmm. with the 5G built-in with that industrial design. For an aggressive price point with a big marketing campaign on Timo saying, We have 5G everywhere already. Here's your phone for 5G. Here's the first affordable 5G phone. Like, I could see that totally taken off.
1: Absolutely. Especially if they're going to market it as like an exclusive to a specific brand, specific carrier
0: for a while. Yeah, exactly. And of course, we know OnePlus has a big deal, a big agreement with with Timo. So we're going to probably see like a OnePlus 8 Lite with a Dimensity chip, right? Well, that that speaks the
1: question. Do you think a lot of people are going to aim towards the light or they're still going to go for like the A-Pro because...
0: So I think in North America, OnePlus is going to prioritize the higher end phones. For sure. Because remember, if they're going to sell subsidized to carriers... People don't look at the final price; they look at the subsidy, right? right. So that's why it's beneficial for a OnePlus to aim on selling like a seven, eight, nine hundred dollar phone because mm-hmm. they can get you know their mar- margin back better, right? right? Than when they sell unlocked, where they have to really be competitive because unlocked is kind of like you know very tight mm-hmm. in terms of price. So I think for some markets one plus like the eight light will be really important for india and other places and maybe they will bring it unlocked to the u.s and then for but for carriers you'll want the eight or eight pro because you're going to get it subsidized and you're going to get the goodness and it's going to be considered a a flagship competitor you know i'm I'm thinking they don't even bring
1: the eight light to north america at all maybe they just release it in 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 india and other countries yeah i mean
0: it's they that's Quite. I'm just daydreaming here. Yeah, like no, this see is all speculation, happen, total you know? speculation. I'm yeah. wishful thinking here. <laughs> yeah. So look, I think this is super exciting, and yeah. again, this is this is this is a very exciting time. Like the last two weeks, the rumor mill has been. Oh, I, I don't been crazy. think I've seen this many rumors drop before MWC with this quantity and frequency. It's kind of crazy right now. MWC is going to be interesting. Um, do you think we're going to get anything
1: out of LG? Does anybody even so care? So I'm at this hearing
0: point? rumors, and I just want to say this: like I. I have heard that potentially we'll see an LG phone with a MediaTek Dimensity chip. Interesting, because trying to hit price point and have 5G for US networks. Right. Take that with a grain mm. of salt. That this seems odd because LG uses Qualcomm all the time. So yeah, but maybe to hit that price point, you know, that's true. Um, in some markets, I'm not sure this would apply to the U.S., of course. So, But right. we'll find out on MWC. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, other phones that are interesting and rumors, uh, <laughs> we have more. <laughs> uh, we talked briefly about the Oppo Find 2. And so there are yep. leaks on the Oppo Find 2. Uh, uh, sorry, Find X2, which would be their flagship, which would be a $1,000 phone, which might have an under-display camera. But now they're talking about dual 44-megapixel selfie cameras, which would mean it would probably be a hole punch because I don't see them putting two under-display cameras no, they could on couldn't. a phone, not that, uh, thing. but you know, this is a rumor from I uh, saw on uh, Pocket Now, and right. basically, dual 44, not sure what that means, but obviously, quad uh, quad buyer pixel binning here. But maybe a tele, or I, I actually think more likely an ultra wide and a regular mm-hmm. of pretty high quality. That would be interesting. That'll be interesting. I, th- I, th- I think it's. I think it'd be
1: more interesting to see what they do with... with. I mean, besides, like, good pictures, it'd be more interesting to see what they can do with the camera. Like, can they pull off some nice 60 frames per second in video? Can they, you know, get some of those other features that they couldn't do before? Because, like, as of right now, like, most people... You know, front, front-facing camera is important, but, like, having the best or most megapixels has never been, like, a priority to make it
0: amazing. Totally. But at the same time, you know, in China, uh, where Oppo is kind of pretty high, uh, pretty big player selfies are much bigger I think than even North America so yeah, maybe there's true. some truth to this but I'm more leaning towards an under display camera right now like yeah. I just think that as like it's possible there's an Oppo phone coming out with dual front 44 megapixel cameras but it might be like the Reno 3 or well the Reno 3 has been announced but yeah. it might be like uh, another Reno because you know they seem to be coming out with a new Reno series every six months so yeah. maybe this is the next version of the Reno or something but I find to me like the Find X series is always been kind of like the prototype come to life like right? the concept phone come to life and as such I'm thinking more under display but that's just me because I'm biased because yeah. I want to see this under display <laughs> stuff just because just I think it's cool um, speaking of other Chinese companies um, Xiaomi has had a brand called Pocophone that made one phone the F1 which was yep. an incredibly val- value for the money it had a Snapdragon 845 at the time for like 300 bucks it was insane Uh, But then they've kind of watered that down a bit because they come out with the Redmi phones, like the K20 Pro last year, which was a $350 phone. with now there an A55, which was amazing. had triple cameras in the back. So Pocophone kind of seemed to disappear off the planet. But now we're hearing that Xiaomi spun off the Pocophone company like they basically... Are doing with with some other brands, and so this is now more going to be more independent. And simultaneously with that, we're seeing a whole bunch of Poco Phone F two rumors. So the the successor to the F one, right? I mean, yeah, the Poco F one was like when it came out. I remember it like shocked
1: the world. We we were yeah. Oh, I was just like, this is insane for the price. I was able to get one like you know on launch day, and. People were just going crazy for it, you know? But I think, yeah. like you said, the tough part right now is they have these other uh, other sub-brands like Redmi and all that. Um, what's going to make this phone… And CC. Remember, they have the right. CC9. That's right. What's going to make it so special this time? Because you've already done it. You have these other brands that are already doing it. Are we going to see like a Snapdragon 865 under $300? Because
0: if you do that, then I kind of see… Oh, yeah. Kind of uh, see if we appeal. do that, if they do that, I think they might. You know, like yeah. this well, is like, Well, it's like you know, Realme. You know, yeah. the Oppo brand has right. been taken in India by storm, and maybe that's what they're trying to do with Poco. They're trying to position it as the Realme competitor in India. Right. You know, but anyway, this is the the F2 is rumored, but we don't know anything. But the the Poco phone becoming its own company thing is is news so Mm -hmm. uh take it or leave it folks that's basically uh kind of i think the rundown of rumors for this week which is like wow we went crazy look at us matt we did it i think we we skipped the iphone rumors i don't want to get into that there is a bunch of iphone 12 rumors (laughs) but i i want to keep that for another show so yeah Uh, that was quite the race i think we did okay though i think we did
1: good i think we covered everything Hopefully yep. it answered people's questions and put some thoughts into their head. Be, it's going to be an
0: interesting year, nonetheless. You know. So I think it's going to be. I'm super excited, excited for it. I'm super stoked for MWC. I'm going to be there. I've I just got my press pass. In case you saw the tweets that I did. they declined me trouble. originally. Yes. We had a little chat. Good. Um, they were very accommodating after that. Thankfully, I yeah. hope that uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a repeated pattern in the future. Apparently, podcasting is not accepted as a media credential these days. That's MWC. ridiculous. Podcasting that is a new decision they made, and my YouTube channel doesn't have the numbers yours does, so it's hard for me to apply as a YouTube creator um, and doesn't have the requirements for their numbers. I can try as a blogger because every technically every podcast is a blog post, right? I do yeah. have mobiletechpodcast.com. So I don't know. I'll see what happens next year, but at least for this year I'm in. Uh, and what a struggle this is every year with uh, the MWC folks. I-, I wish it was easier. If you're listening, GSMA, we love you, but uh, can you, you know, smarten up? You know, I know that they look at people one on one on an individual basis, but I think they should have a record in their system that
1: you're you're like a veteran, right?
0: You know, like almost I, every
1: year. I remember reading your articles on gadget back in the day. Like I remember I your work. know. I mean, work.
0: and and even you know now, I still write sometimes for like GeekSpin and Android right. Police. I, I, it's like. I gave them all that information and I gave them my my numbers. They had no issues with my numbers. They're very happy. You know, I get a pretty reasonable download number a month, which is really important for a podcast because it's hard. Um, So, but it's just that they, you know, in the same way as you know, with CS, like uh, you saw what happened with uh, Quinn, right? Like they (laughs) refused him and he's like, because I'm not a a 1 million subs or whatever it was. So then they changed their tune. It's like, it's ridiculous. I know. They're so out of tune. They're, They're just really so out of touch. Out of tune. Yeah. yeah. So listen, I think we're good. If you wanted to tell the audience right now where they can find you online, your social media handles, of course, your channel, your blog, whatever else you want to pitch would be great right now. Awesome. So you can find me at matthewmonas.com or on Twitter
1: at Matt Moniz, Or if you search for me, you can find me on YouTube at Matthew Monas. And I just want to say thank you so much, Miriam, for having me on. This has been absolutely awesome.
0: Well, thanks for being here. I'm mean, like, it's funny because, you know, we saw each other at the OnePlus party yeah. and I was like, Matt, I keep forgetting to invite you. So I made <laughs> a note finally and here we are two weeks later. Uh, I'm so glad you could make it. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you and getting to know you better every time. Thank Do you, you have an Instagram that people should be checking out as well? Yes, yeah, so it's Matt Mona's 123 Okay, so almost like your Twitter, but you have to yes. add one, two, three. <laughs> I didn't get the cool. name; I wasn't lucky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, my, this is my problem with YouTube. My my channel never got uh, Tankerlt and which Ugh. is uh, so. I I have this crazy handle, and right now they won't let me change it. It's really annoying. I want to change it to just Mobile Tech Podcast, but I need to talk to somebody at YouTube about that because I just finally went to a branded channel. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you know where to find me, folks. I'm at Tankerl on Twitter and Instagram. That's T N K G R L, like the comic book character, but just drop the vowels. Uh, you'll find uh, the commentary on the podcast happens on Twitter. So if you want to comment, because you can't really do that on podcast apps, just like ping me on Twitter, say, I disagree, I like, I don't like, let's talk. And then my Instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones and pretty pictures taken with phones. That's basically what it's for. And then finally, the YouTube channel, Uh, go to youtube.com and type mobile tech podcast. You'll get there. There's also a second channel we just started called mobile tech more. We being my producer and I, uh, they're going to be making videos on there of like health gear and home automation gear and stuff. So we're starting that very slowly mobile tech more. And then the podcast itself lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. If you're old school, you have RSS, you can subscribe there. But of course, if you're new school, Apple Podcast is your friend, so is Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and of course, Spotify. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify all day long. Just look for Mobile Tech Podcast or TNKGRL, my Twitter handle, and you'll find me there and me and my guests. And so uh, the last thing I want to say before we part is thank our sponsor, Audible.com. They're pretty awesome. They've been with us since day one. And if uh, you prefer listening to your books rather than reading your books, or maybe you have a reason, you're doing a road trip for the whole day or something and you're having to drive this is a great way to get your books on if you're bookworm and you like books you have to have an audible account so here's the deal you get a 30-day free trial where you get to keep the books at the end if you sign up through the link in the show notes and and doing so even if you don't stay at the end you support the podcast so it's a big deal for us for me if you're not audible customer yet Please consider it audibletrial.com mobiletech mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com mobiletech mobile tech. So click through, support the podcast and get your Audible on. You'll love it. I like the fact that they have a lot of books read by the authors. So that's my big thing about them. Have, have you used Audible?
1: Yes, I have. I have. It's such a great experience just being able to listen to some of my favorite authors actually narrate the book. And I think that's like the biggest problem, like listening to a story and then having someone else say it is not always the greatest. But when you can find books on Audible that have the actual author speaking to you, it just makes listening to that story so much better.
0: I know. It's so kick-ass. I'm right now waiting for the Star Wars Book good. edition of the latest movie. Like last time they did that, they turned the middle movie of the three and two years ago into a 21 hour epic. Jeez. Yeah, it was a, it was quite That's something. Crazy. And so we were going to South by Southwest in our camper van that year, and we listened to it on the drive. You know, we, wow. we took a few days to drive out to Austin from the Bay Area. It was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, Audible, thanks for being our longtime sponsor. Really appreciate you guys. And uh, I want to say thank you to you, Matt for being my guest. Oh, my pleasure. It's been fun. I was amazed that we both had the discipline to get through all the topics. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a good thing. We did it. Yeah, yeah. we awesome. proud of ourselves. Cool. Well, I'll have you on again at some point and obviously we'll have a show next week. So stay tuned for that, folks. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.